Are we on? Hey, hey, <laughs> mic check. <laughs> well, there he is. That's my dad. A lot of people commented about how much they like that, so I had to stick it back in at least once. Hello, everybody. It's Thursday night. It's me. I'm I'm Robin, and you are you. Your name is Daryl. Your name is Joanna. Your name is... Markel, and your name is Gina. How are you guys doing tonight? This is me reading stuff. Uh, for anybody who's new, this is what I do. I talk to you, I ask you some questions, I tell you some things, and I read you something that I think is awesome. And then you decide if you like it or not, and oftentimes you go and buy it. Uh, not from me, I get nothing. I get nothing from this, uh, except a lot of happiness and joy. And I get to do something I love that I've been doing since I was a kid, which is reading out loud and speaking into microphones and pretending like I have a radio show. Uh, you guys, there's this, where I live, there's this radio station uh, that we found and they let people from the public come in and do hour long radio shows. And I'm, I'm really considering seeing if I can do that. If, do you guys think I can do it? Do you guys think I should do it? And tell me one to 10, how much you think I can, I should do it. Now let's also remind us that I always like to throw in a bunch of things that I don't have time for into my life. I have, here's something that you may not know about me. You do if you know me personally, is that I love the idea of almost every single job. I want to do everything. I think I would be a great lawyer. I would love to, I love supermarkets, grocery stores. I would love to work at a grocery store and every department, by the way. I want to be a checker. I want to be a bagger. I want to get, be the guy who collects the carts. I want to work in the bakery. I want to work in, oh, you know what? Not meat or fish. Okay, I'm out there. I would like to work in the prepared food section. I would love to work in the back, like stocking, the, like, you know, when you sometimes catch eyes with the guy in the back who's stocking the uh, dairy products, like the milk and stuff. <laughs> by the way, is that not a weird moment? When you're reaching for something and, and then their hand is there. It's a very horror movie moment, and I love it. Anyway, uh, yeah, grocery store. I wish I could be trained to work at an auto parts store. I, w I do not want to work at, believe it or not, I don't want to work at a craft store. Uh, because of all the little things, it seems very tedious, which seems like I would like it because I do like tedium, but not in that way. The fact is I've worked in one, and I hated it. Uh, my first job was at a Chick-fil-A. My two best jobs, I worked at Movies and Video Superstore. That was a movie rental store. I loved that. I would like to bring the movie store back. I would uh, I would love to do that. Um, Damien is talking about starting a video rental store, and I would work there in a heartbeat. I'd apply for that job. What else? Uh, I loved it when I worked at the library. I would, I would love to go back to school for library science and um, work at a library. I would like to work... Um, uh, I mean, you name it, I kind of want to do it. And I'm very jealous of people with office jobs too. You know, I used to work as an administrative assistant for a commercial real estate firm in Houston, and I loved that job. And I love anything dealing with office supplies. So I had, and I got to order a lot of office supplies, um, and just keep track, keeping track of inventory is really fun for me. Uh, you name it, I want to do it. Uh, I would even like to work at Costco. As crazy as that place is, I could see myself working there. Should I be oh, or a greeter at Walmart? Oh my God. How great would I be as a greeter at Walmart? Anyway, why am I talking about all this? Oh, because should I do the radio thing? But the thing is, 
See, this is the thing is I need 50 million lives in order to do all the things I want to do. When really, the one thing I need to do is draw, which takes up all my time, and also my new uh, side career, which is also making these tapestries, which take even longer than my drawings. Which, by the way, Chicago, what's up? I'm going to be having my first ever tapestry show at Western Exhibitions in Chicago, opening January 10th, I believe. I'll be putting more information about that up on Instagram and Twitter as that gets closer. But I'm finishing up a lot of the pieces for that. It's no drawings, all tapestries, which I consider drawings too. So it's kind of a lie. Um, by the way, speaking of Costco, is that where I got my air fryer? I can't remember. But anyway, I bought an air fryer. Has, does anybody else use this air fryer? By the way, it's not deep frying. I don't know if you guys know much about it, but... Oh my God, this thing is incredible. All I can say is this is the new way of life for me. If you have room for one on your countertop, it makes life so easy. So if you're healthy and you just eat chicken breast with spinach every night, this it's kind of like having a foreman grill, except it cooks better, I think. So it makes, I mean, I've never been able to cook chicken breast very well, but in the air fryer, it takes maybe 18 minutes tops. All you do is flip it once and it doesn't make your whole kitchen really hot. And it's the easiest cleanup ever. These There's just two parts that go into the dishwasher and that's the end of the story. But anyway, yesterday I made, whoops, I accidentally stopped recording. Uh, yesterday I made this sort of chicken salad thing and I, I put, I marinated chicken in soy sauce, honey, uh, sesame oil, lime juice, rice vinegar, garlic powder, um, sambal olek, all this stuff. This was all inspired by the great David Drury, who I've read on the podcast. He makes this every Sunday at lunch for his family. So anyway, um, and he's always talking about it, and I wanted to finally do it. Oh, and um, then he taught me about, well, anyway, I marinated that for a few hours, and then you just put it in the air fryer for 10 minutes, flip it, eight more minutes, it's done, and I shredded the chicken with two forks, and then um, the, the mix for the salad was just a bunch of cabbage and cilantro and carrots. And then I, at David Drury's suggestion, I, um, I roasted ramen noodles in the, like on a cookie sheet. Not roasted, I don't, toasted. Okay, toasted. So they became a little brown and crunchy. So they were the crunchy part. Oh my God. And I had orange slices. I think you're supposed to use tangerines in a can, but I had an orange just on me. So... I'm telling, oh, and then don't even get me started. Did you guys know, I know I'm bragging a lot about all the things I love to do, but I really do. I would like somebody to put a contest out there where um, who can make the best salad dressings and it would be me. So as long as I had my own kitchen and all my stuff, because I have a lot of sauces and a lot of spices and stuff. So, I mean, I would say my salad dressing, it only takes like four minutes to make, but it had, and by the way, it's never the same thing twice, really. I've got a few that I make the same way all the time, but this one probably had like 22 ingredients in it. So, and in a good way. I hope that doesn't sound bad to you. By the way, I feel like I have a lot of weird energy right now. I, when I'm thinking back on the last seven minutes of talking to you, it seems like I'm just like way in your face. And I'm sorry if that's the case. Um, anyway, so the chicken shredded. The cabbage and the carrots and the base of everything, you got that. And then you've got your topping, your crunchy topping, whether you've got wonton things or the ramen noodle idea from David Drury. And then you make your own some sort of Asian style dressing. And um, my God, and I had leftover, so I got to make it. I made it last night for myself, and then I made it today for, it was really breakfast. 
Which, by the way, who else is... I know a lot of people are very... They're breakfast purists, and they don't like to do this, but I love when I eat for breakfast whatever, like, the meal of the night before was. That's my favorite way. I don't know how much I love all breakfast foods, to be honest with you. I think I like... I like a real lunch or dinner, but I like dinner. I think I like dinner the most. Hey, we've talked about this before. Almost everybody voted breakfast, but let's let's do it one more time. Everybody weigh in. You can uh, get your answers over to me at me reading stuff at iCloud.com or uh, let us know in the uh, Instagram or Twitter comments. Um, I'm R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. And do you like, what do you like better? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? I have a feeling breakfast is going to win again. And I think lunch got like no votes last time, but we'll see. Um, what else is going on? Uh, you know, I just have so many books. I'm just so excited. Again, that, that trip to Port Townsend and that bookshop, I can't keep track of all the books I have. And I was noticing one other thing I wanted to bring up on here, the, the poetry section. So I probably, the day I, I was in there for two days, the bookshop, and in the poetry section, I would say I probably gr very seriously examined the book covers and contents, but I mean, I, I thought about the book covers of books of poetry a lot for some reason. I've never really done that before. And I would say I probably examined about 50 to 60 book covers enough, you know, you know that I can recall in my brain right now. I can recall what they look like and everything. So that's quite a bit. And then I have a big poetry collection here at home. And so I've been looking at them this week, and I've just been, I'm going to say this. Now, you guys know, obviously, this whole podcast is about poetry, really. I'm a huge fan. But you poets, or I should say, maybe it's the people who publish poets, because I don't know, you know, a lot of times poets don't have a say. A lot of times they do, though. Whoever's in charge of the book, books of poetry, <laughs> book covers, I think you guys need a little help with your covers. Who agrees and who... It's okay to disagree, but Madonna Mia, horrible book covers in the poetry section. And I'm talking across the map. I would say out of 50, there, are, there were maybe three that were okay looking to me. And here's the reason I'm thinking of saying, I want to say it out loud, is because I think this is what... Artists don't get enough credit for our ability to... I know this sounds so stupid. But artists should be asked more often for their opinions about visuals in my... I really do think so. I think all interior designers should always consult a professional visual artist or trained artist, whatever that means. Um, because those of you who don't study art and look at it every day the way we all do, I hate to say it. You guys have your own thing, and I, <laughs> I support it, but we are the experts here, aren't we? I mean, I'm not officially an expert. I don't have a master's of, of art, but, but I would say the amount of time I've put into um, making art and looking at art, I would consider myself I know something, and I just wish... I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know what I'm proposing here, but who else agrees? Sorry, that's my mom. Um, here, I'll read you guys whatever she says. Oh, she just liked my last thing. Uh, she wants a video tour of my new studio. Speaking of which, I've got... Oh, my God. I, I've had a great week. Can I just tell you guys that? Well, anyway, back to my thing. What are we going to do about this? Listen, I'm going to offer up my services right here and now. I probably shouldn't do this because I've got way too much to do as it is. 
But if any of you out there who listen to this podcast who are writers and have book covers coming out, and if you ever need a second opinion, if you're narrowing it down to two or three, you should you should contact me. I just said my email for the podcast, and I will always get those emails eventually. I uh, And I really would like to offer up just, you don't have to go with what I say, but you should consult artists. Everybody should consult artists when they're dealing with this kind of stuff, in my opinion. Um, anyway, who agrees, who disagrees? Do I sound like an asshole? I don't, I'm really, you guys know, I really hope you know, I'm not a jerk when it comes to these matters. It's more, it's coming from a area of love. I love these books. I love what you poets do with your lives. I respect it more than anything on earth. And I say that with all honesty, but but you you guys need help out there. You really do. There's there there, and, and and I'm here for you. Whatever you need, just uh let me let me help you. Okay. So what have we talked about? We've talked about my distaste for books of poetry covers. We've talked about how good air fryers are. Weigh in. I know some people do not like air fryers. You can feel free to tell me why, but. I don't know. I mean, I know I've got a lot to learn. I also am going to make, I, I love making tofu. I'm going to make it in there in little cubes. What else have I made? Now I can't remember. I've done something else. Oh, tater tots. Hello. Uh, so we've talked about poetry. We've talked about the air fryer or poetry book covers. We've talked about air fryers. We've talked about the chicken salad recipe from David Drury. Oh, I wanted to say a lot of you guys out there love David Foster Wallace. Um, of course, some of you may know, some of you may not, not know, there is a podcast called The Great Concavity. Um, it is about David Foster Wallace's works. There's a lot of interviews with scholars and writers and other people, artists, including me. Um, and it is out there, The Great Concavity. I'll link it in the podcast. But I want you guys to, if you guys are a fan of correspondence, and I think a lot of you are, I've read... I've read a handful of correspondence on this podcast. I'd like to read more, but I'm a big letter writer and postcard writer. And so the last two episodes of The Great Concavity were very fascinating to me because um, they were related to one of the podcast hosts, Dave's first trip to um, the Ransom Library in Austin or whatever it's called, the Harry Ransom Center Library. But anyway, there is a David Foster Wallace archives. And they went in depth talking about what you can find in those. And as I've mentioned on here before, I've done that with some notes of uh, Vladimir Nabokov in New York at the New York Public Library. I had to lie to get in. I, I think I said I was from, I don't know why I would have said I was from Hawaii, but I think I said I was from Hawaii. And I can't remember what all I said to lie to get in, but... They had a pretty strict policy, and I got to touch notes from Lolita and stuff and little drawings of butterflies and all this stuff. So anyway, the same is true at the Harry Ransom Center. And so anyway, we got to you got to hear some excerpts from some of these letters to and from Don DeLillo and David Foster Wallace and some other people. And anyway, it got me really excited, so I just wanted to give them um, a mention a lot of you already know about The Great Concavity and Listen, but um, might as well mention that because I love those two and what they do there. Um, and now it's time for me to go find something. Did I already... I thought I was going to go find something to read, and then I never did. But here I go. I'm going to find it, and I'll be right back.
Okay, I'm back, and instead of reading, I'm going to read something a little bit different today, which uh, is, so it's not a poem, necessarily, it's, um, and it's not by a writer, but it's by a very, very fascinating, I would call him an American hero, a very, oh my god, his name's Charles Ramsey, everybody. If you've heard of, in Cleveland, Ohio, there were three girls kidnapped by a psycho, disgusting piece of shit named Ariel Castro. He kidnapped Aunt Amanda Berry, Michelle Knight, and Gina De Jesus, and he had, I think, all of them for 10 years or over 10 years. And Charles Ramsey was uh, the rescuer. Amanda Berry was starting to find a way to get out one day, and he heard her, and the rest is history. He got her out and called the cops. And then very shortly after, he's interviewed by a local um, news newscaster, news whatever, newscaster. And um, the interview is so fascinating. And Charles is so funny and so engaging and so charismatic. And I love everything about the interview. And then the interview, well, anyway, so I'm going to read you just the Charles parts of this interview. I'm not going to read you what the interviewer, the journalist is asking him because he barely gets a word in anyway. And Charles is just talking about what he saw, what he did. And uh, he was uh, an across the street neighbor from the guy, Ariel Castro, who kidnapped the women. So Charles Ramsey, American hero. Here we go. I heard screaming. I'm eating my McDonald's. I come outside. I see this girl going nuts trying to get out of the house. So I go on the porch and she says, help me get out. I've been in here a long time. So I figured it was a domestic violence dispute. So I open the door and we can't get in that way because how the door is. It's so much that a body can't fit through there, only your hand. So we kick kick the bottom. So she comes out with a little girl and she says, call 911. My name is Amanda Berry. When she told me, it didn't register until I got to call in 911, and then I'm like, I'm calling 911 for Amanda Berry? I thought this girl was dead. You know what I mean? And she got on the phone and she said, yes, this is me. And the detective, Cook, Detective Gregory Cook said, do you know who you rescued? I said, I said, about five minutes after the police got there, see, the girl Amanda told the police, I ain't just the only one, it's some more girls up in that house. So they go up in there, you know, 30, 40 people deep. And when they come out, it was just astonishing because I thought they was going to come up with nothing. I figured, I mean, whoever she was, and like I said, my neighbor, you got to have some big testicles to pull this off, bro, because we see this dude every day. I mean, every day. I've been here a year. You see where I'm coming from? I've barbecued with this dude. We eat ribs and whatnot and listen to salsa music. You see where I'm coming from? Not a, bro, not a clue that girl was in that house or anybody else was in there against their will because of how he is. He just comes out to his backyard, plays with dogs, tinkers with his cars and motorcycles, and goes back in the house. So he's somebody that you look at and look away because he's not doing nothing but the average stuff. You see what I'm saying? Ain't nothing exciting about him. Well, until today. Bro, I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. Something is wrong here. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway dead giveaway because either she's homeless or she's got problems that's the only reason she's running into a black man and then he gives the camera a thumbs up so obviously he's a black dude uh amanda berry i believe was white yeah she i think she's white anyway um 
so he's very funny there at the end. But anyway, it's it's a, I'm going to link to the interview and then because I think you guys will all like it if you haven't seen it. And then I'm going to link to there's a remix somebody did because Charles's voice is so dynamic that this this remix, this song is like it's one of my favorite songs to listen to so i'm also gonna I'm, i'll sample a little bit of it uh because i think it's okay for me to do that at the end of this podcast and then you can check it out uh in full if you link to it all right you guys i hope you liked that i know that's not a poem but it's pretty beautiful and just to hear the words of a man who just rescued three women is pretty great um, what else do I need to say to you guys? Um, oh, I wanted to remind you, uh, I haven't said, I don't think I forgot to say it last week. Where are my notes? Modern in Fort Worth. The Fort Worth Modern. Second largest contemporary art museum in the country next to MoMA. And I have a solo exhibition there, a 20-year survey of my work. This is a very, very rare chance. It may never happen again to see a whole, almost all of my work in one building. And it's up until mid-February. I'll link to that in the podcast. I'd love for you guys to see it. And thank you to those of you who have and who have reached out. Also, The Modern just put out through Spotify and Apple Music um, a playlist. They asked me to create a playlist of music to kind of uh, coincide with my show. Uh, and I just threw some songs that I love together that I currently love and that I, I, I kind of thought about my work when I did it. I kind of didn't. I don't know. I don't know what I did, but I would love for you guys to hear it. Let me pull it up and give you a sampling of what I've got in there. Um, let's see. What did I call this mix? Um, there's a little Peter Murphy. There's a little Tiny Tim. Oh, my God. Do you guys know the Egyptian lover? Get ready. I'm going to give you a little. There we go. Uh, let's see. Debbie Deb from the 80s. I've got the Flamingos. I've got Black Sabbath. I've got Nick Cave, Paul Simon. Um... Oh, God, what else? Terrence Trent Darby. There you go. Anyway, check it out. I would love to hear what you guys think. Oh, Vincent Gallo. If you guys like Vincent Gallo, but you don't know his music, you definitely need to check out his music. Um, the song Honey Bunny. Honey Bunny, my baby girlfriend, where are you? Eyes of blue, dear, every day, every day. Well, I'm wasting your time now, but listen to the real one. Anyway, it's a great playlist. I'll link both to Apple Music and Spotify, depending on what you've got. Other than that, uh, thank God for you. Charles Berry should be talked about way more often. I was upset because I watched the Lifetime movie, and they didn't really give him any presents. I mean, I think this guy is everything, so... Uh, all right, you guys, that's it for this week. I love you very much. I hope you're doing well. Let me know how you're doing and feeling, and have a great night. Goodbye. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Uh, walk me through again what happened this afternoon. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran to a black man's arms. Then I gave away. Then I gave away. My neighbor got big testicles because we see this dude every day. We eat ribs with this dude, but we didn't have a clue that that girl was in that house. She said, please help me get out. Nothing exciting about him. Well, until the day. <laughs>